Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Geekscapists, we got a brand new Marvel film. We're talking about Chloe Zhao's Eternals. It came out in theaters and we gave you a couple days to watch it. We're going to be talking all about it. Does it work? Does it not work? Is it too dense? Are we going to see the Eternals ever again in the Marvel Universe? There's a lot to talk about on this one. Luckily, we got our own little Uatu the Watcher, Ian Kerner, helping me out here on a brand new Geekscape special. Let's let her rip. Here we go. All right, Geekscapists, we got a pretty dense one to get through on this special. We're talking about Chloe Zhao's Eternals. This movie has a lot of people talking about whether or not they liked it, didn't like it, if it works, doesn't work. Is it the worst Marvel film ever? Um, I guess, according to Rotten Tomatoes. If you listen to Rotten Tomatoes, I don't think you should listen to Rotten Tomatoes. I think you should listen to yourself and discover this movie on your own. Um, It's not like any other Marvel movie out there. So I'll start off by saying that. This is the Geekscape Eternal special. We're going to be talking all about it. So if you've not seen the movie, we're going to spoil the hell out of it. Um, so if you're listening to this on the podcast on, let's see, we got the iTunes, the Spotify, really wherever I, um, podcasts are available, we got you. If you have friends who want to hear more about what the Eternals are all about, well, Ian's going to be breaking down differences between the film version and the comics and stuff like that. You're going to want them to hear that. So hit that share button. Tell your friends all about it. And if you're listening to this right now, maybe you're watching it live on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, or Facebook, hit like that little bell button. If they got one of them bells, like hit that so you know when we're coming up and um, you can be live with us. You can start talking little comments with us. And uh, yeah, or, you know, if you haven't seen the movie, make like uh, Jim Pellegrinelli and say, oh, I'm going to have to bow out as I have not seen the movie. Yes, we're going to be spoiling a lot of it. Meanwhile, Mark M's over on YouTube and he goes, whoa, whoa, spoiler talk. I can't wait. Okay, well, good. Y'all are adequately pumped up for this. So I think it's time to uh, have our gaze go skyward to Geekscape's own watcher. We're talking about Ian, who who knows all the geek stuff. He knows all of it. He is he is uh, our own resident in Watu. That's Ian Kerner right here. Ian, how are you, buddy? I'm doing all right. How you doing? 
I'm good. I'm good. Uh, we were going to record this on Friday, and I things were getting busy. And then I said, you know what? Let's give everybody a chance to watch the movie. And here we are on Monday breaking it down because this is a pretty dense film. And I don't even know if you liked it or not. I know we've traded a few texts over the weekend about this, but um, let's just start there. Like, is this a movie that you like? And if so, why? Because I don't think it's simply a, a binary yes or no on this one. It's it's not a binary yes or no. I, there's definitely things I liked, but there's a lot of things that bug me. And what's really, really frustrating about this movie, and so many people I've talked to feel this way, is there's a good movie there, but it was just not executed properly. Yeah, I agree. Now, um, I want to say yeah. to start off that, you know, it's literally going, going like, how did you know, Kevin Feige, who's been such a master at, and listen, you know, people that are regular listeners will know that, you know, as big fans as we both are, we don't love every one of them. There've been a few that really disappointed us. Iron Man yes. 2, Iron Man 3. But, you know, um, you know what I mean? Like, there have definitely been a few that were a bit off, but not, they didn't suffer this way. I mean, this thing is slow. It's, there's some basic, you know, storytelling mistakes made here, you know? I mean, it's over two and a half hours and you feel like there's major holes in it. I, um, I'll actually say that, some of the Marvel films I'm super into. And then like halfway through there's a tone shift or something going on that, that completely takes me out of it or vice versa. Maybe there's some stuff that's not completely uh, gelling. And I think that this is a film that, like you said, could gel really well with a script revision and then an editing uh, revision. And these are major revisions. So I don't think maybe the material is not there, but um, ultimately this is a film that just off the bat, I found really dense and I enjoyed it because it was different than the formula. I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad this movie exists. I'm glad there's getting people a lot to talk about. I'm glad that the Marvel formula was questioned and challenged. I like that they went for something this gutsy. But I'm also the opinion that if you're going to get somebody with a neorealistic bend like Chloe Zhao or, and you're going to go for material like this that's dense and not formulaic and you're going to approach it, let's go all in. Let's really like, let's really double down on what we're trying to make here and not end up somewhere in the middle where there are scenes that feel familiar, but aren't quite as exciting as what we've seen from the Marvel Marvel formula before. Meanwhile, we have scenes that are near, near realistic again, and in the, the filmmakers are like artistic style, but are also feeling like they're being held back by the adherence to being a Marvel film. So I say like you either go all in or you go out all out on this thing. And this movie kind of sits in the middle and the, and it, and it has a lot of weird shifts in it. It has a lot of pacing issues like you talked about. Um, but all in all, I, I gotta say, I, I came away from this movie on the, I liked it side and I kind of liked it more because I appreciated the attempt even if it wasn't all successful but that's my point the attempt Mm -hmm. should have been more successful it's all there so i'm not disagreeing with everything you're saying i'm frustrated that i mean look at some of these the movies they've done look at endgame you know i mean shit they had extra time here Mm -hmm. you know like this should have been a masterpiece and yeah, there are times when it really wants to be a masterpiece. And, yeah, and it's just, it's totally yeah. off. 
and it drags. I mean, look, some of the stuff, and I, I don't normally start getting into individual performances so much, but um, I felt Gemma Chan was very badly cast here. You know, she's just, she was great in Crazy Rich Asians. I love <laughs> her in Humans, okay? I mean, she's, she, my wife said, she's one of those beautiful women she's ever seen, but flat. Like, Cersei should be all fire and passion. Did you get that from her at all? No, it, 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 the, the, the performances feel restrained. The, they, feel, they feel muted. And there are also things like the acting sequences that feel muted. There are things like, uh, like uh, there are a lot of muted decisions in this, and it starts to feel like uh, committee starts to make a lot of these decisions well, well, where you win some, you lose some, and we end up in a movie that's somewhere in the middle. Well, here's an interesting thing about it. So, and Jonathan already said we're going to get into major spoilers. So, one of the ways that they hugely, pardon the pun, deviated from the source material. In the comics, the Eternals are created by the Celestials coming to Earth a million years ago. All right? And they experiment on humanity, and they have two offshoots. First, they have the Deviants. There's like 100 Deviants. And then they have 100 Eternals. And the Eternals are basically given this, this mission to prevent too much deviating from the baseline human and not let the deviants just run roughshod over everything. And that means like genetic engineering? Yeah, pretty much. Or or killing, because in the case of this movie, it means like just killing. They kill deviants. They, you know, and it's basically, I mean, it gets very complicated and there's like four hosts of Celestials that come at different times. At one point, the deviants like overrun the, the whole world. Okay, and the it Celestials happens. come, and that basically causes the sinking of Atlantis. The Deviants had found Lemuria. That was the Deviant home. And I mean, and the Eternals couldn't even, couldn't even beat them. There's so many of them. I mean, they just overwhelmed the whole planet. They're controlling humanity. It's ugly. And at, at, at this point, so here's the thing. The Eternals are hugely involved in human history in the comics. Okay? This whole we're not really involved thing, no. This is the complete opposite. They're, like, basically, the Noah's Ark story is actually the Eternals are leading, you know, humanity after the sacking of everything by the Celestials to put the Deviants down. Okay, so the whole flood thing, that's actually the Celestials did that. Okay. Okay, and it's not really Noah, all right? So it's like, it, it's an Eternal that does that. So And like, you still like have that. those, like, biblical allegories here in the movie. I think the, yeah. you, I don't think you can avoid those because that's what King Kirby set out to do when he created the yeah, Eternals. And, and then they're popping it? down and going, Mesopotamia yeah. is sort of like saying that's there. And you do definitely see there's a few places where they're interacting with humanity, you know, and I mean, obviously that's a thing. Um, and they may be suggesting a few other places, you know, leaving Druig in the Amazon. Well, he's clearly being worshipped as a god, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, even that, it's like, it's just, it's inconsistent, you know? Um Ajax, you know, oh, don't do it. Don't control people. Oh, okay, go ahead. Yeah. You know, it's like, what? I mean, I have to say that when you get into the power set, you know, Ajax's ability is to heal. The rest of them are supposedly, quote, unquote, eternal. They don't have that ability. They all die pretty freaking easily. <laughs> you know? I mean, seriously? <laughs> and even her, who that's her ability, and she went out. I mean, it was sad. You know, now I'm jumping ahead. I'm jumping ahead because I want to. I want to actually think about that whole sequence because the whole thing doesn't make sense to me. But Icarus's plan, and all that, is like what? And so yeah, maybe, yeah, we jump around a little bit. But seriously, well, yeah, l- okay. l- let me find a way to get to that because my big problem 
for this movie that I think it has, it, it fights uphill the entire time because of this. And it kind of finds itself in the negative just from the get go. Right. Uh, Boy, first... so I started saying from the, from, yeah. speaking of from the get go. So right away at the beginning, it's, they came to earth 7,000 years ago. You get that star Wars crawl that didn't matter that goes on at all. And you, well, you, well it, it, it didn't matter. It was the first, it was the first Marvel movie that had a crawl like that before the familiar Marvel f- uh, flourish logo. And right. I don't think we needed that crawl because no, didn't tell me that, anything that the movie didn't tell me. Well, didn't tell you anything that the movie didn't tell you four times later on right, right. as we hit it over the head. And I got to yeah. tell you, the movie acts like the reappearance of a deviant in the modern day in London is the inciting incident for the film when it's not. It is Ajax murder. This movie is a murder mystery. I think it's best when it is a murder mystery that then leads to some of the different. Well, well, what's interesting? Well, 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 what I was going to say was it leads to some of the different, like, questions of morality and what side you're on and what we should be doing and what should we be going against our creator with a creator. But they spend forever, Ian. They spend good 20, 30 minutes before that happens, before we discover it happens, worrying about this deviant and trying to lay pipe for this movie to flow. And and ultimately go nowhere with that. But let me say this. You're exactly right. And the frustrating thing is it's a murder mystery. The murder's already happened and everyone else doesn't know it except the guy that basically did it. Yes. You know, and that's like, it's like, this is like, all right, great. Start off that way. But, you know, then you got to give the background and, you know, we're supposed to care about who she is and the back and forth of when we're supposed to care. I mean, listen, you know, I'm a giant Highlander fan done right going back and forth in the time and all that, you know, is great. And it can be artistic, you know, Russell Mulcahy did a, you know, I remember seeing the Highlander and, you know, you know, the dissolves he did, the fish tank, the Mona Lisa painting in New York, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. we're amazing. Right. You know, I'm saying the fish tank into the water, you know, all that. Yeah. Um, we don't have that here. We have, we have, we got to go to Egypt, and then there's a scene outside of Babylon that you assume is Egypt because suddenly you're thrown into this giant action sequence, but it doesn't give you the context to that until the action sequence is done and the Eternals have done their traditional Eternal lineup so that you were reminded that there's 15, 30 people in this movie um, that you don't really know too deeply. I got to tell you, the movie t- doesn't really get started until 20, 30 minutes in. And I don't, be- I can't believe that of all the professionals involved in this, they didn't take this as a minute one framing device to have the movie open with Kamel Nanjiani's, uh, you know, sequence with the Bollywood mm-hmm. and then, and then have, you know, his, his valet come in the Harish Patel role come in and start videotaping things and interviewing people and him explaining who each of the Eternals are that we're dealing with at the moment, what their powers are, what their histories are. Oh, that's Thena. Oh, you might know her as what the stories say she is. Oh, and that's Icarus. You may know him as what the story, you know, you had this really great framing device, not introduced until 20 minutes into the movie. That was very fun. It was easily digestible and it introduced dense material very quickly and in a good way. It's too late. You get that framing device 20, 30 minutes into the movie, and it's already like in the quagmire of narrative where you're like, I don't really know slash sadly care what's going on here. Did you feel like, I almost feel like the whole thing about the London thing was like, hey, let's copy Infinity War. It worked there. Yeah, it felt very familiar, but ultimately, when you look you back, you see what I mean, right? Like it's yeah, but Infinity War, they're in the street. Da, da, but and but even then, the advantage Infinity War had, the advantage Infinity War had was that it came right on the 
heels of what we saw in Thor Ragnarok, and we knew right. what was going on there. And we've seen and the you sequence already of cared Thanos. about those characters. We already care about the characters. What happens here, it ultimately feels like that London sequence is to introduce Kit Harrington, a hero that we're not even going to see don his character armor until a movie or two later. Meanwhile, he's one of the best things in the movie because of well, the word charisma. He has charisma. Um, you know, I, I forgot he was in the movie for long stretches because the meandering because they forgot he was in the movie and and then ultimately it's like you get back to him and you're like oh yeah this guy's in the movie um it does feel like world building in like a really inorganic way uh and those first 20 30 minutes i don't think the film recovers from and it's it's rough because the the second you see that bollywood sequence and you see that valet character and he's introducing people like really easily that's the tool they should have used to introduce the movie and give you a little bit of, uh, I don't know. I think we would have gotten some goodwill going into it. If we had, had a fun way to frame fun. these characters, it, it, it needed to be fun. fun. This movie has a lot of no fun. And by the way, and I wouldn't even mind it if, if they still did the same, they came down and then, but the first thing you see in the present is that and yeah. frame the rest of it that way. Fine. I get it. You want to establish the Eternals came and then you go into that, but I agree with you. That would have been better. It would have been more fun. Have um, the Macedonian I, sequence, then have the, the 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 Bollywood sequence, and then start doing your back and forth as we progress through history to the modern day, as this murder mystery goes. And those flashbacks should be clues. Those flashbacks should be, hey, like, was it Druig? Like, we haven't seen Druig in a few centuries. Right. Let's go visit him in South America. You know, and you have you can have that sequence with with this the South America and uh, going there and introducing and Druig in that way. But when I, we see Druig, I, I was in these wondering if that's earlier, where they were going to go because I was watching it and I felt I felt pretty early on. You know, these deviants, unlike the comics, were not a true threat. There, you know, they weren't. I mean, at least early on, there was no real plan there, right? Or it didn't and, seem like there was. And so, if one of the Eternals is dead, and it's a murder mystery. The suspects are this generic abstract of an enemy. Well, that, and- that's that's not really. I mean, if you lean into, oh, I think one of us did this, then you actually have some interesting stuff to right. go with, and then you can do the push and pull on who's loyal, who's not. We haven't seen so and so in a while. We can reintroduce them back into the narrative, and go full into this murder mystery idea, and then you have like the Scooby Doo ending where it's like, oh shit, it was Icarus, and Icarus actually doesn't want the, uh, us to save humanity. It wants the celestial seed to be born. And you know what? We're going to have to deal with that. Like half of us think it's a good idea. Half of us don't, you know, it was, it was clunky and it was very clunky. Well, yeah. And then, but then let's get into the, uh, the specifics of I mean, <laughs> some of the stuff is deviating. Some of it's just, just bad. I mean, Diallo says, are you talking about the guy in the Bollywood sequence and didn't even show up for the finale? Not yet. No, yeah, we're actually yeah, more yeah. talking about the, the chronicler, yeah. you know, about his yeah. valet, but valet, we're going to get to Kingo not being in, in the end of the movie for some inexplicable reason that, you know, Icarus is a complete son of a bitch. But I kind of think he had a right idea, maybe, but maybe not. I love, you know, humanity, but ah, fuck it. You know, I'm just going to go over here and sit down and do nothing. You and know, this is my the job. The mind's like, going to come. It's going to be necessary. But then at the end, I'm going to get judged anyway. Is that yeah. what you're talking about? Oh, uh, anyway. King, yeah. Kingo was like, you know what? I'm not going to pick a side. I'm going to step off. And they were like, no, you're judged. <laughs> Kingo yeah. got the short end of the stick. He should have. I mean, he might as well have gotten some good hits in, man. Damned either <laughs> way, right? 
Listen, yeah. if they didn't know what to do with him at that point, then just have him on the beach, you know, blasting something. I mean, who gives a shit, you know? <laughs> but, I mean, come on. It doesn't make sense. He should be part of the Unimine. Um, yeah. So... The so I, I, a couple of times I've started saying this and we've gotten that sidetracked. This whole notion from the get go from the trailer, I was like, oh, this whole they like, come seven thousand years ago. So I was really bothered by this. I'm like, it's an integral part of who the Eternals are that they are come from humanity. In fact, to me, it's a major aspect of and going with the promotion materials. This this is the Marvel universe, right? Because here's the thing. In the Marvel Universe, in this weird way, we, even though humanity is less evolved as, compared to other, you know, civilizations, other alien races, but they're really important. Yeah. Okay? And that's the thing. I mean, you know, it's written that, like, you know, the Celestials think humanity is important. You know, humanity has this ability, you know, this this potential, you know? And that, that's why, I mean, in a way, um, not to go off into a different property, but um, there's a parallel between the Kree come to humanity and they experiment on them, they create the Inhumans and what the Celestials did with the Eternals, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's because, and in in the same way that, you know, you have, per the Marvel comics, beings like the Hulk and Spider-Man, the Fantastic Four, who mutate through some outside agent, in the same way you have mutants. that's all radioactivity. Well, Well, in the same uh, way you have mutants, and that's, so the idea being that there's something, humanity has this genetic potential. Mm -hmm. First seen with the Eternals, Okay. So, you know, that's a thing, you know, I sort of want to get into the idea of, all right, I love the diversity in the movie, but the diversity to me always makes more sense when they come from humanity. Yes. Right. Um, now look, there are other examples of alien races that look human. So in that, I guess I'll give it a pass. It doesn't really make sense, but fine. You know, I mean, that's both in the comics and in the movies, you know, the pink skin Cree, because you have Cree that are pink and white and blue, uh, blue you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, um, I mean, there's several other examples, you know, obviously the Asgardians look human, even though they're clearly not, you know, I mean, we can go on with that, but, um, but yeah, you know, it's that, that's still problematic to me. What makes zero sense to me is all the accents I mean, they actually call out at one point when Icarus has learned the language and Cersei's like, oh, you learned the language. So great, because otherwise we all just speak English. Mm-hmm. But some of us speak in a really weird accent and some of us don't. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, and I don't have me the... They develop the accent over time because they, so they separate and live in certain regions fine, but they have the weird accents at the beginning. So I don't get it. I don't have the problem that the internet has with like the wokeness of this Marvel universe of this movie and how we have the first gay really on-screen relationship in the MCU. I don't MCU. care about that at all. Great. I don't gay, care about that stuff yeah, at all. I, I like the fact that this cast is diverse. I think that makes this movie interesting. Um, I it's thought the, it would have been interesting if, if, if Makari was deaf because an aspect of her speed and necessitated being deaf, that would be interesting. Sure. Otherwise it makes no sense. Sure. Right? Yeah. But at the end of the Likewise, day... Likewise, the, the Sprite thing. So here's the thing. So the again, thing. as I said, the Sprite... The Sprite, the thing. Sprite thing, yes yes, yes. yes, So in the comics, they're created by the Celestials, but they're basically experimenting on humanity, and then you know, they don't age at a certain point. So the idea that Sprite got created and you know got stuck as an adolescent or whatever, that's fine. 
But when you actually look at them as essentially robots, to my mind, more not really robot, more synthesoid like vision, mm-hmm. where it's mm-hmm. a true you know biological body. It was just created that way. I don't have a problem with that. But it doesn't make sense that they would have created Sprite. Unless maybe the idea was, okay, from an infiltrating standpoint, you wanted one that looked younger and maybe they had an idea on certain missions. But you know what? Maybe so. Give me that. Say that. And they're not synthesoids in the comics. No. Again, they're literally, they were offshoots of humanity. It's Mm -hmm. Celestial's experiment on humanity. And and simply the deviants are, you know, offshoots of humanity. Now, deviants don't look human. Okay. And Eternals do. And I'm bringing that up for a reason because we're going to go there about something that is well, more than suggested in one of the um, texts. Okay? okay. So that is an important point. In the comics, there's a lot of deviants. At certain points, they get wiped out. They're not eternal, you know, meaning they're not immortal. You know, they die, they procreate like normal. Eternals do not. Eternals cannot procreate. But All they right. can be brought back by the like this so, engine. So the, Etern- the Eternals have this machine, yeah. and there's it. an idea, and it literally keeps like um, like backup versions. So an Eternal okay. can be destroyed, but then the machine just regenerates it. So again, that is kind of what similar to in here with memories alone, and maybe, maybe, and by the way, and that remains to be seen if there's a sequel. I say there's maybe. A, I'm actually yeah. going to say probably anyone that got destroyed comes back exactly that way. Sure. Because less sure. is created in once, they probably can. So they probably will do something like that. That probably, as you say, is somewhat in there. It's just done in, in a different, more vague way. I mean, the machine is essentially Earth. You know, now Tiamat, the, the sleeper, the sleeping celestial, yes, is Tiamat. very much part of the comics. Um, but not with this idea that's going to feed on life and pop out and destroy the planet. Um I feel like they really, part of me, you know, they busted their nut here on Galactus. Explain, because the the Tiamat idea has not been the same thing as Galactus in in never. The and now you had Tiamat, yeah. you had you had Franklin Richards shut this thing down when they were doing it back in the nineties. You recently had a celestial, a dead celestial that the Avengers are working out of as the in lieu of right. Avengers it, Tower. It, 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 it took the body and and it and the the work out of it, mm-hmm. and maybe that's set up here. But you how know, is that? How is this? How how can you not have Galactus? Because Galactus situation? basically comes and sucks the life energy out of a planet to sustain himself. Isn't that mm-hmm. exactly how they just said Celestials are born? Yeah. Now maybe the argument is well, yeah, and, and Galactus is going to be a rogue Celestial, so maybe that's where they're going with this. I don't like that. I don't like it either. But I'm saying that because essentially, you know, I mean, all I can think is: Are they saying, all right, well, this is how Celestials? you know, are born and Galactus has his same mission as a being that is basically an agent of, of the universe. You Universal know, that is sort of, yeah. yeah, he's from, I mean, as we know, Galactus in the comics is the, the one uh, survivor from the previous universe. Right? Yes. And is and an the, agent of bringing about the next, right? Yeah. But he consumes and it sounds like here, the, plus, the here, here they procreate, they create the, the whole idea of, these celestial seeds is that they they create, create more life afterwards, but they 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 consume life to do it. Yeah, but but Galactus does not create any life. Yes, he only consumes. Yes. So as I said, maybe what they're thinking is Galactus is going to be related to celestials in that sense. That whereas the other celestials have to absorb life and destroy a planet, okay, to be born, Galactus 
is an evolutionary or universal evolution of that, a different form of celestial uh, that also is absorbing life of planets. Yeah, right? Because so, I'm saying it feels like they've already, they've now done that thing of the being that comes and absorbs the planet that they yeah. sort of fought here. As, as Garrett's pointing out over on YouTube, he says Galactus wants the energy for himself. The worlds that Celestials plant a seed in are just a womb, basically. And we get that Diallo says Galactus can be the judgment that the Celestials at the end of the film said would be coming to Earth and finding Earth lacking or not. But I don't see but, but Galactus, as a, I don't see Galactus as a tool of, of back Celestial up, judgment. Back up, here. back up here. More than that, the Celestials didn't judge humanity here. They're judging the Eternals. Right. Right. Okay. Now, yeah. I feel that what happened in that Unimind is Tiamat became part of the Unimind, and in merging with the Eternals, felt humanity should live rather than he should. I think, I frankly think, in a way, the judgment already happened. That was the judgment of humanity. Okay. Okay. And that's the only the only reason they were successful is Tiamat allowed them and sort of gave them the power to do it. When they all well, they yeah, they, I mean, they say they uniminded with, with Tiamat, and he went into a nascent role. He went into like a sleep. I mean, she transmuted him. It's not clear whether he's completely dead or not, or is he transmuted in a way that he's gone. I he's thought the idea somebody, was they were yeah. killing him. He, uh, I thought that they were going to put that they were putting his physical form to sleep, and that he was some form of uh, granite, ice, or Seven Eleven slushy by the end of the film. Well, certainly the granite thing, and that's why I feel like it, they may or may not go there with you know. Obviously, in the comics, you know, the Avengers now you know, operate out of the body, right? So, um, so talking about the tone of the movie, Garrett's back on the YouTube, and he says, "I don't mean this in a negative or tribalistic way, but this felt like a DC movie in many facets." Mine said the very I'm, same thing. I'm mostly yeah. meaning the sensibilities of what it explored and how it framed its heroes. He goes on to say, "I saw that Chloe Zhao said that." Man of Steel was a point of reference, and I can see some of the DNA in this. I, I definitely see that. I, mean, I definitely agree with that. I mean, listen, I mean, just the bleakness alone, right? I mean, you really felt just dreary, didn't it? Mm-hmm. You have the bleakness, um, but then I actually like the sequence with um, Cersei and, and Icarus where it was like watching a, you know, it was like watching what Chloe Zhao does well with this neorealist style and just kind of showing moments and this and that. I don't understand why they're still dressed like Eternals while they're living amongst like, like developing peoples, <laughs> but uh, all right. But, but she had these really pretty pictures and this nice stuff. Yeah, there were definitely see, moments where it was beautiful. That stuff is that. great. But then you go into the high concept sequences with the action sequences or when there's, 10 people in a room together talking and the blocking is all over the map. And that, that just felt like second unit. Um, that's felt, that felt really crowded. It felt like the eye lines were all over the map. It felt like there, people were standing in different places from shot to shot. Um, that did not lend itself to the derealist. Like let's just flow with the camera style where I'm like, okay, like images aren't literal. This stuff is like, passing over time people are moving in different places you get that in the sex scene between uh or the love scene i'm just gonna call it the love scene let's not call it the sex scene it's a love scene between icarus and cersei you get some really nice beautiful stuff but you know it happens over passive time but then you get that same kind of like kind of mushy blocking in like conversational scenes like the one in the church the one at the top of the temple in south america 
and you're just like, whoa, where are, where is everybody standing in relation to each other? This feels, this feels rushed or directed by committee. I, I think of a, of a horror story I heard and it's up to you whether or not this is true. Uh, the rumor is that on amazing Spider-Man one, there is a, and, and the way that, you know, you slate the camera is like, you get shot a shot B, right? You slate. So you can say like, take, takes some numbers, right? Scenes and numbers, shots and letters, takes and numbers. And so you go A, B, C, D, you work your way down. Once you've gone through the entire alphabet, you start to do A, A, B, B, C, C. Supposedly, this is the rumor, that on that first um, Mark Webb Amazing Spider-Man, just a simple dialogue scene between Kurt Connors and Peter Parker, they were going well into the double letters and they were doing like multi cams and they were just like it just for a dialogue scene they were shooting well into the 30 40 shot options and it it's messy and supposedly it was like the rumor is it was Sony's 3D department being like we need all these shots we'll figure it out later in editing there felt like a little bit of that let's let's figure it out in editing let's shoot the heck out of everything and things got a little messy messy um i I would again. I would like to see them go all in on Chloe Zhao's style. And if you're talking about things like creation and loyalty, and where do we come from, and we have, are we our own? Even though we're replications of things that have come be in the past, and are our memories unique, or are they copies of past memories? Are we unique, or are we copies of past things? Like these are big, heady ideas, and I think that they should be treated. Are they in big, all heady ways. They go nowhere with them. I mean, they suggest a lot of back, things go nowhere. They, they do but so it many falls suggestions. Back to, let's just smack each other on a beach. And I was like, when that D de- okay, let's talk about that Athena deviant scene at the end, where the deviant clearly is talking. It's now sentient. It's taken several of their powers, the ability to heal, and it's taken um, you know, uh Gilgamesh's strength. And I'm like, okay, this deviant is now talking, it can now talk about its fears and Everybody in this movie knows that the celestial seed is going to destroy the earth if it erupts. The deviant's job is to stop that. And half the Eternals jobs are now to stop that. The, like there are a couple Eternals here that now have the same motivation as this deviant to stop the celestial seed from the deviant from straight out says we're the good guys we're, we're not the, the good bad guys. guys here she just straight she, up i don't kills care. The motherfucker she just right. kills him like why did she kill him why did they not find some interesting way to why like, did they address do all the of relationship that? yeah why did they do all of that to have it not matter Ooh, hey, guess what? Well, that was a twist. Are they just subverting nice expectation i mean nice what? twist i'm now going to chop your head off in three ways yeah, doesn't matter like, would have been more interesting if the deviant had to actually join with them and help, right? And that would yes. have been, you know, it's an interesting message anyway. It would have been evolution, which is what this right. movie is about. You think? I mean, by the way, set you say that it's about evolution. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just a bit confused here. So, we find out that Icarus discovered after the earthquakes, because Tiamat's waking up, um, some deviants, you know, got, came out of the ice. We don't know how he found it, but he just happened to find them. And He's whatever that around, was. Man. He flies around. Wait, wait, superheroes so flies, superheroes right, go right, on patrol, fine, dog. Fine. Like, so he finds do. that out. So he finds that out. Now, he's known for 500 years about what the real plan is. He goes to Ajax. Um, and Seven Ajax days suddenly, prior. 
eight well, days seven prior. Days before everything yeah. else. But, yeah. But 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 he goes to Ajak, and he finds out in that moment that Ajak doesn't intend to wants to try to stop Tiamat from rising and destroying the Earth, and he already has this plan in place to take her to the Deviants and have them kill her. But what doesn't make sense is he didn't know she was going to do that. Icarus sees Deviants who are alive. He, A, should have been trying to kill them immediately, and B, should have been calling everyone in to come help and kill them. Not, well, let me just leave them over here just in case I might need them to set up for a murder that I have no reason to commit yet. Because he's, he he's known about them being there for 500 years, is what you're saying. No, he, he's known about the plan for 500 years that, that the Earth is going to get destroyed. Okay. But the Deviants come out, the first thing you should do is kill them. Because that's their whole thing. They kill Deviants or tell everyone, hey, the Deviants are back, we got to kill them. And he but, wants the, the Earth destroyed, but, yeah. But, but, but they present here this idea that, well, as soon as he finds out that Ajax doesn't want to kill them, he can't just kill her himself. He needs, you know, to use them as the scapegoat. But yes. why would he even have left them alive and not said anything to anyone to begin with to have the scapegoat? He didn't know he needed the scapegoat yet. And then once he kills her, why would he then use his pretty specific eye blasts to cut a giant hole in anger across her farm? Because that seems like a fingerprint. If I'll give you that too. But one. by the way, and after she does that, so at that point, is it, well, he, I mean, okay, maybe, maybe the argument is he doesn't need to kill them because Earth's about to get destroyed anyway, so it doesn't matter at this point. Is that it? Maybe I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking, at, you know, extemporaneously. Well, if he kills them, then they don't go to London and you can't introduce the Black Knight, which is how right. I feel but, like but, that but opening. What That's what is, I feel like that opening does, was. Does he not feel a need to kill them? Story-wise, does he not need to kill them because Earth's about to get destroyed anyway? They don't matter? Is that the idea? I don't think we should be able to guess those. Th- I don't think we, I don't think it should be the audience's job to project that stuff to make a movie make sense. The movie should just make sense. I agree with you. That, that really bothered me. Um, yes. You know, again, he, he brings her there. He throws her down. I mean, she goes out fucking quick. Like, at least I was thinking, all right, there's all these deviants down there. She's just going to get swarmed. It takes a second. I mean, and then, so are we just supposed to accept that the one deviant tentacle dude, let's just call him tentacle dude. Yeah. I thought they'd actually end up calling him Warlord Crow, who's the leader of the deviants in the comics. They don't even, you know? No. And He's going to get his head I, cut off three different ways. Why does he have tentacles that absorb genetic material? Why is that a thing? We're I just, don't know. just, I mean, we're, how does evolution? It's not even evolution. He's been frozen for five hundred years. Like what? What? I don't. What? <laughs> he evolves when he starts sucking on Eternals. He kind of evolves then, but you're asking where, some hard where, where questions. I don't understand. I don't know. You're asking them really hard questions. So, no, so I think that none so, of this really makes okay. sense. So, 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 so he kills Ajax. So I think from there he's popping up to kill the other Eternals because he knows where they are because he got her memories, right? Okay. I think. I just have to give you things now because I don't know yeah. what's happening. I mean, right. I'm just throwing out. I think I that's where they're going there. All right. <laughs> and they're the baddie, but not really. And then Icarus is making jokes about leading the Avengers. And he's a superhero. And the whole time not, he knows he's, he's killed people. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a, a total dick. dick. You know, <laughs> he's never leading the Avengers. He never has any intention of leading the he Avengers. Might, he might, he might kill the Avengers. <laughs> um, I'm as is often the case in many of these movies, and I think we said the same thing when watching Aquaman. Is where the fuck are the Avengers? 
while there's earthquakes and all this shit happening. No one just shows up. Like you tell me the movie happens over a couple of hours. I get it. But over a whole week, there got to be other people investing. Yeah, it's seven you know? days and there are earthquakes everywhere. And you don't even get one shot of Thor nothing. trying to keep a street lamp straight you, you, up. You have something. news reports, but no one's even asking the question. They're tired, you know? man. Like, I you mean, don't understand. I like, mean, Endgame uh, really John, made them tired. Jonathan, Jonathan, I have to say this. I have to call you out here. You know, I know, you know, we, we have the joke that you made a mistake. I totally made a mistake. was Wong. But honestly, where was Wong? Yeah. Go, Doesn't Google Wong Mish. just, you know, pour it in to wherever I the remember problem is? The quick shots of the trailer, I was like, oh, I think Wong's in this movie. It was Don Lee, who y'all know from Train to Busan. If you have have you seen Train to Busan, Ian? It's I a really it's it's the best it, yeah. zombie movie the last five, six years. It's okay, it's it's well. awesome. But, uh, but, and but, that's but, the first but, time but, I saw him, yeah. But I'm saying, but no joke. I mean, we've literally now seen it was one thing in Doctor Strange, but what I one of my favorite aspects of both Infinity War, Endgame, and then uh, Shang Chi is, you know what? The Doctor Strange movie wasn't lip service. These sorcerers that are guarding the earth, they do show up and do shit. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't seen it in before, but they actually do show up, right? That's what Wong showed us. Wong's actively doing stuff, right? He's not you know, in this movie. They're watching. No, yeah, it, what, like what, Thanos is done. You take a breather. I'll be back. I'll punch the clock in about a week. Let's go ahead and let like Falcon, Falcon Winter Soldier happen. Let's let WandaVision happen. Let's let all, a lot of these things happen. We'll be back in, we'll be back in a little bit. WandaVision happens very quickly. Sure. You know, we're watching episodes, but it's not a long time. Falcon Winter Soldier, I get that. But this is global shit, you know? Like, you know, I mean, there's earthquakes, all this. Again, I, as I said, in Aquaman, we said the same thing. What, how is Superman not showing up for what's going on in Aquaman? It's too yeah. big to have no one else, when you've established these other characters exist, to have no undersea war. <laughs> you know, at least as bad as it was, I'm, I'm going to, it's a deep dive here, but in this Supergirl movie, you know, the eighties, Helen Slater, they straight up yeah. tell you Superman is off planet because yeah. where the fuck is Superman? If he's not off planet, you got it. You know, you, I mean, early in the movie in the, in what I'm not going to call the opening, but I'm going to call the introduction of the black Knight character. Because that is not my chosen introduction of this movie. Dan Whitman, he's not the Black Knight yet. Okay, okay. You get the 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 introduction of the the Whitman character. Um, they have the explanation like, why didn't you do anything with Thanos? And they're like, we couldn't get involved. That does not go the other way around. That that is not their rule. That's your rule. They right. can totally get involved. Where were you? Yeah, the t- I'm like yeah, Dane. But by the way, like, exactly. Dane, go get, get your sword. Plenty dog. of things. They got involved in Babylon. Oh well, this is not our thing. It weren't deviants involved, right? Actually, it turns out no, it wasn't deviant. It was another fucking Eternals. What it was? <laughs> okay, so why? Isn't that even oh. worse? And I still kind of liked this movie. And by the way, like Thanos comes, he blinks out half the... So I'm glad you brought up Thanos. Let's talk about that for a second. Because I love this idea. So <laughs> I can't control him, Geekscapus. Geekscapus, he's out of control now. I can't control him. I will not so try and control him. Population gets to be a certain point. It's generating okay. life energy. Thanos does the snap. Now, in Infinity War, he does this whole Malthusian drill spiel about like, oh, society, planet lived on, resources, all that, you know. I mean, okay, great, you know? Um, so Thanos did this across the whole universe. Is Thanos the good guy now? Did Thanos actually save Earth, like, for probably... Five years? Yeah, no, more... No. If not for the counter-snap, 
Wiping out half the population would have saved them a lot more than five years. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that it, it seems like the Celestial was about to give birth right before Endgame or right before Infinity War because, like, the second those population, five thousand, right? the second those, half those people come back, it's like, all right, so, I'm ready to wake up. So correct There's me if I'm wrong because here, yeah. you know, as often happens. You know, you get scenes in trailers and then they're not in the movie. And that was like the whole thing, the breakdown of, oh, you know, we've seen the trailer, but oh, Spider-Man, da, 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 you know. We yeah, have that, seen that seemed like, hey, this is not going to feel like a Marvel movie, but it is a Marvel movie. We just have to tell you it's a right. Marvel movie. Please come but, opening weekend. But, it's a Marvel movie. But Correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought in the trailer they said it was the energy of the snap that did it. But in actuality, no, it was just the population, right? Absolutely, I remember that the that the snap coming back is what triggered in the trailer. In the trailer, I totally remember that. That was probably that was probably from a cut that was mixed a year ago. Right. So not from the actual movie. So the actual movie, they're just it's saying it's the population leading to the point I'm making that, or and you said yourself as well that like so, TM it would have come five years sooner, you know, but Thanos saved it. Right. So, okay. Listen, bottom line, as you said, is like this, we can't get involved. That's just, that's just stupid. I mean, it doesn't make any sense at all, especially when you find that he's an actually an eternal and you kind of think like, wouldn't they (coughs) be able to recognize other eternals? We can't get involved. We're just going to give them the wheel and the atom bomb. Yeah. Cause by the way, like shouldn't Ajax know that Thanos is an eternal? Everyone else cannot know, but Ajax doesn't have her memories all day. She remembers everything. Yeah, in that, like, I mean, Faustos's character is the epitome of involvement. Oh yeah, totally. Like, he he takes himself out after the atom bomb to right. no longer be involved. But up to that point, he's like, Left "Here you right. go. Here's this." Like, he's all about Which, it. By it the just, way, it's it very consi- messy. That's consistent with the comics. Sure. You know that 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 they did that. that they got involved with humanity throughout history. Was there anything else that like jumped out at you that was a deviation from the comics that well, you were like? Wait a so I'll talk about a few things. So, so the mad weary thing with Thena is actually something you see in the comics with Cersei. You know, in the comics, you do have Cersei involved with Dane Whitman at a certain point. Now, now, interestingly, in the comics, there's never a romance between Cersei and Icarus. In fact, it's actually a romance in the past between Cersei and Makari, who's actually male in the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in modern times, Cersei gets involved with Dane Whitman. There's a love triangle between Dane Whitman and Crystal from the Inhumans, um, who is estranged from Quicksilver. Um, and you know, so basically at this time, uh, at that time, Crystal, Black Knight, and Cersei are all Avengers. Um, in fact, um, both Gilgamesh and Cersei are Avengers at you know later at a certain point. Yeah. And my theory right here is that, and I said this on the last Geekscape, that we are heavily into the seventies on this point. Like in right now, I'm talking nineties. But I know, but like with the Eternals, with this stuff, all but for the Fantastic Four and the original X Men, like we've done the sixties. We're now heavily into the seventies, and I think that if we introduce the X Men, that is going to put us into the into the into the eighties continuities that we we can start seeing some of those X Men comics and maybe some of those Fantastic Four comics. We're gonna have to retroact some of those Fantastic Four well, stories. Well, but... as you know, that's what I hope. I, yeah. I seriously hope that both with the Fantastic Four and the X Men, they should not be just their origin should not be now. They should already exist because they should be their elder statesman characters. You know, 
They're mm. they're too much. You know, that's, you know that's not going to happen <laughs> because we end that. up with the, we end they, up with the they, same they, problem we do. We we have here where like the Eternals sat in their hands during all this shit. It, now the Fantastic Four, you could bring the Fantastic Four in and have them be. You know, first of all, two things with a multiverse, you could retcon it in. Yes. Okay. Yes. As if it's a reset. Yes. Um, and also, they could have been in the negative zone for twenty years or something. And the X Men, they're in hiding because they're mutants. Maybe all of them. I mean, you're losing sight of the fact that with the first X Men movie back in '99, that's what they said that they've been in hiding and they've had missions. There were six of them. them. You think that we Disney, saw? You think Disney merchandising is going to be cool with six of them? Uh, I'm There's just be saying. X Men in the first movie. The first movie is going to have fourteen, like forty X Men in them. Uh, we don't know that. Do we know that? I know. Well, I'm saying with Disney merchandise. We don't know what they're going to do. Be okay. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think, honestly, I think just the idea that they're calling it the mutants is suggesting that it's going to be lots of them. And I'd be really surprised if they don't do a, a multiverse kind of thing. I mean, we, listen, we've been speculating this for a while. You know, it, 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 these are heady concepts that they've done in the comics that, you know, is maybe expecting a lot for mass audiences to understand. Right. The idea of, hey, this origin happened a long time ago and now it's part of the, the whole continuity. It's just like Miles Morales existing, you know, uh, with Peter. I mean, that's the thing. In the comics, you have a separate universe and decide to bring it all into the same universe and go, yeah, they always existed together and it doesn't really line up, you know? Let's just have Harish Patel introduce all of the bigger concepts and things with his documentary but, camera. But, but what I wanted to suggest to you is, you know, Ant Man showed us that you could have had these characters around. Exactly the way at the very end of Iron Man, you know, Nick Fury and Samuel Jackson showed up and said, did you think you were the only one? There's plenty out there. This has been going on. You know, you're not the only one. You know, there's other things going on that you don't know about. So talk to me, Ian, about these post-credit scenes, if you will. Uh, I will. What's this first one with Sky Fox? Star Fox. Whatever, Sky Fox 64 on the uh, Sky, N64. Sky, Sky Fox is Jupiter's legacy, buddy. Sky Fox is, okay, Star Fox is the video game. Well, Star Fox is Eros's code name in the Avengers. Which one's the video game, Ian? Star Fox is the, is the okay. movie and Avengers. All right. There's going to okay. be a lot of confusion when the marketing comes out. So, so, first of all, we start with Pip the Troll. Okay. So Pip the Troll is a really big deal, yes, for a different franchise. So Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, one of the interesting things about Guardians of the Galaxy is in the comics that the movie sort of, you know, went off of, you know, what became the core Guardians of the Galaxy were a lot of characters were around, you know, for a long time. Let me just pause you right there uh, because Garrett's starting to say Star Fox London. Come on now. I know the character in the Marvel comics is called Star Fox. There's also a video game on Nintendo called Star Fox. It has an entire franchise behind it. But you said Sky Fox, Jonathan. Anyway, I know Sky Fox is. Oh, geez. Got it. Got it. Let's keep going. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So this Star Fox character. No, I'm talking about Pip Troll. Shut up. Fuck. So Pip Troll. So. So the Guardians, they picked, you know, a very contemporary lineup of Guardians of the Galaxy, all right? But um, way back when, that's right, Pip time, Adam Warlock was a character that was created, you know, back a ways by Jim Starlin, you know, brilliant creator who also created 
um, Thanos. Among Ian, other things. if you're going and, to LA Comic-Con, you can see me on the main stage talking to Jim Starlin on Sunday. Is that this Sunday? December 5th. December 5th. That's your birthday. Yep. And I get for my birthday to talk to the creator of Thanos in Star Fox. I'm actually supposed oh. to be at, I'm supposed to be at Disneyland that weekend. I'm going to have him sign a copy of Star Fox 64, a very good video game for the N64. I'm supposed I'm going to Disneyland for my stepson's birthday, which is December 1st. Even though you know my birthday is December 3rd, we're going to Disneyland mm. that weekend. Okay. Anyway, we'll we'll discuss it at a different time. But anyway, you keep throwing me off here. Do you want me to discuss this or not? Yes, sir. Yes, so, sir. I mean, Pip right? the troll. Pip so, the troll. So Pip the troll was created with Adam Warlock and Gamora. Okay, so Gamora, uh-huh. you know, was very, very tightly involved with Adam Warlock. And when I say tightly involved, I mean as involved as you can get. Okay. So, um, and Pip the Troll was basically, you know, an Adam Warlock sidekick. So we know, as was suggested, the end of Guardians 2 and based on the all the announcements that Guardians 3 is very much going to be Adam Warlock. Yes, sir. So, so the idea of Pip the Troll popping in strongly suggests you know, a tie to that franchise. Now I had read an article that was interesting. Um, cons- they suggest something very interesting, which is that this movie has been done for a while and the Pip the Troll animation really didn't look very good. Looked a little gooey. And- okay. Yeah. And the suggestion that I've read is that, you know, they scrambled because the idea that um, James Gunn may be going to use Pip the Troll and they've changed his look from what maybe they originally had intended in this movie. So this and is a new so version. Yeah. It, it suggested that maybe they did the best they could with what the new rendition is with very little time. I'm not saying that's, you know, definitely sure. the case, but I've seen that suggested and, and, and we'll see. Um, okay. But I would be surprised if the troll does not show up in guardians three. Does that mean um, that some of these Eternals that are in search of their judge brethren, does that make, mean that some of them may appear in a Guardians film? Maybe. Okay. Because I um, don't see an Eternals 2 happening. I do see the Eternals I, I agree coming with you. in. I see the, a couple of them being peppered throughout the, the, the cosmic yeah, universe. He, he, here's the problem with that speculation. Um, I read earlier today that Guardians 3 is in production started. Like now. So, okay. And I would expect if Guardians 3 wasn't literally starting to shoot now, if it was a year away, I would think that's a, okay, if they decide not to do an Eternals 2, that is a place to pick that stuff up. It's probably too late to put that in the movie. No, it wasn't, wasn't no. already intended to be in it. I think know? that that storyline of going to rescue the judged Eternals needs to be its own storyline. It can't be piggybacking a, a uh, Guardians film. I agree. But. But I think we're going to see elements of that in other films. I think we're going to yeah. see... Well, the, the, Pip, yeah. Pip can disappear and pop up where we want. Oh, right, he's a teleporter. So, yes. So I would. So that that's the question to me is, are we getting Pip in Guardians 3? Okay, so you tell know? me about the Star Fox. So, so Star Fox, Eros is his real name. Mm-hmm. Is Thanos' brother. So let's talk about Thanos because we're talking about the Eternals. Different the moms. Comics, it looks like different moms. It looks like Thanos' mom. Actually was, not. But so, Thanos looks like a Californian raisin that went to yes, the gym. So do you want to do you want me to talk about it or not? Okay, tell me, please. So um, in the comics, um, Eternals can't have kids. But so what basically what happened is two different times there was a falling out among Eternals. And there's there was a hundred Eternals in the comics. And there was a falling out, and you know, different factions left Earth and they founded a colony on, on Titan. Okay, and then that colony got wiped out, but there was one survivor. 
then, you know, millennia later, and still we're talking about like 100,000 years ago, um, there was another falling out. This time between Zuras, who at this time is the leader of the Eternals, and his brother, um, Alars. Again, it doesn't make sense because they can't have kids, but they were able to have kids at one point, but they couldn't. So it's, it's very back and forth. But anyway, Alars wanted to create more Eternals. And Zerus didn't think it was a good idea. And the Unimind always exists in the comics as this way the Eternals come together. Um, they vote that way. The, the Unimind is also a, a, a weapon. If they're all together, they could fire psionic energy when you know, all of them join it and you know, like go against a major foe or something like that. Uh, but so Alar's left. Um, he marries Susan on Titan and he uses something called the Quantum Bands that he's given as a cosmic protector. It's a whole thing. Um, their father, you know, who had died, Cronus, you know, is like a cosmic agent. Anyway, it doesn't matter except that down the line, the, um, the, bands. the quantum bands end up yeah. with Quasar, another cosmic character that I expect we'll probably see pretty soon. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, but they use the quantum bands to have kids. And the first oh. kid they have is Thanos, and the second kid is Eros. They're the only, ki- the only kids. There aren't other kids. But... One of the things that's been called out a lot is, as I said earlier, the deviants all don't look, you know, they look weird. They don't look human, except there's one deviant that is like an outcast because he's called the outcast because he looks human, even though he's a deviant. And then you have Thanos, who's an eternal. He's a titanium eternal, basically, who looks like a deviant. Okay. And it's just or, that simple. There's no explanation for it. California the, reason. The, the, the second he's born, his mother freaks out. Oh, he doesn't look right, and he's evil, and there's something wrong with him. Of course, he does kill her. You know, um, <laughs> that's rough. That's a rough criticism. Yeah, he yeah. yeah. does not take yeah. feedback well. No, no, no. He he kills her. Um, but, so then, where do you see this Eros? Eros yeah. So Eros, well, Eros, and I know Eros the whole story a, with She-Hulk. I know this whole story about like Eros being a bit of a Me Too character because he. Well, Eros' you know, ability is literally to you know his power is charisma, and Eros he's definitely about you know hooking up and having yeah. fun and Dionysian pleasure. I love and, that they cast Harry Styles what, in this role. Yeah. yeah, and the suggestion of whether or not people are fully. Um, you know, acting of their own volition. I mean, you say yeah. me too, let's be clear that that storyline goes all the way back to the eighties about Eros yes. having used his powers to hook up with people that wouldn't have otherwise, Right. you know, and whether or not that, that that's really not okay. And it yeah. causes a problem for him within the Avengers because he does it um, thinking, Hey, everyone, you know, everyone's having a good time, but you know, not really. I mean, listen, it, it, it's very purple man, right? It's just yes. not as blatantly against their will. So where do you see this going? They're going to go and hunt for their friends and try and rescue them. And can that be, I mean, that is the setup seemingly for Eternals too. But I have to ask, you know, it's interesting. Usually with the tags, you get one for the next one, in the franchise and one for the bigger franchises. Sure. So then I would argue that that's that. And then the black Knight thing, well, we that's all the one know. for the sequel. That's the one for the sequel. Got it. Is With that what you're saying? The, that would be the, the one for one Eternals 2. Yes. Yes. And then the Black Knight one is not. If we don't get Eternals 2, where do you see that landing? And we'll talk about the Black Knight one. Where, where, well, if we don't the get logical Eternals place two, would have been in a Guardians right. 3, where, which, you know, I think it can't be there because that's happening too soon. Yeah. James Gunn doesn't intend to do a Guardians 4. doesn't mean there isn't one. We can still have a, a, a Marvel Cosmic Hoot Nanny. 
going well, on. We can see that in a and, Thor and, film. And we can see way, that in a, in a, in a we, we can definitely film. see it in another Thor film, or you know, or yeah, just because there won't necessarily be. My understanding is we, we can see it in a Fantastic said. Four film. We can see my, that in my a future understanding about film. what what James Gunn has said is this iteration of Guardians. This is it. It doesn't yeah. mean there isn't another Guardians, but it might literally be another Guardians, like a different yes. group. Or maybe there'll be some carry through, but not all of the same. Yeah, right? they shift up like the Avengers do. I totally get that the yeah. Guardians have, are, and, and have a rotating. That. They have a, right. a rotating lineup. Yeah, and 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 a rotating mission plan, and you know all kinds of things. You know, I mean, there have been versions where it's super cosmic. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you give us the Beta Ray Bill, give us give the us Silver Quasar, Surfer, you know? give us Quasar, Nova. exactly. Yeah. So Nova, tell, absolutely. Yeah. Nova is so, supposedly is coming. I know my stuff, Ian. I mean, I mean I Richard Ryder Nova is, is supposedly coming. Yeah. Which makes sense. Is arguably set up by uh, the Xandarians getting wiped out by Thanos. Supposedly, I mean, my understanding was they were going to stick Nova in already, and then they just kept not doing it. Yeah, you see the Nova course, fine. But yeah. So Ian, uh, Garrett's here, and he says that this Black Knight, Richard Madden, no, Richard Madden was uh, That's Icarus. Right. Exactly. But this this black yeah, it's, this Kit Harrington sequence at yeah. the end where he's has this this sword that's been in his family and that black knight. Tell me and about the sword. That, Tell so me the who sword, black knight's they, they powers actually name are. Dropped. I thought that was interesting. They name dropped the ebony blade. So it's yes. the ebony blade. What's the it's story on the ebony blade? Well, it, it's cursed. Crafted by Merlin. You know, it, it, it goes back to Sir Percy and the exactly Merlin and the Arthurian legend. Um, it's an interesting choice. You know, they've definitely done times with the Black Knight with some of the mystical stuff. Like, for instance, you know, the Ebony Blade's better than, you know, wood on a vampire through the heart, you know, like the Ebony sure. Blade's going to do it. So I think it's a really, to me, that was a really cool choice. That you we know, had off really, screen Blade introduced yeah. through his voice. Supposedly that was Marshall Ali talking. Yeah. In the, Straight you know. out. I mean, Chloe Zhao actually said in an interview that it was. Okay. So... Why off screen? Why would you not want him to step in on on screen? Not that there wasn't daylight coming through that window, but you get what I'm saying. Like they probably didn't have him to do it. No, yeah, it's a good call. call. Off screen, it's just ADR. He did it on Zoom. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, yeah. So what? I mean, could we have a Midnight Suns movie? Like what? Like Garrett's in the in we, the we chat saying, are we going to get a supernatural side of the MCU that they're building to, where we have Black Knight and Blade together? It's not just a Blade uh, movie. Maybe Black uh, Knight's in a Blade movie. No, I I think straight up, it's Black Knight's in the Blade movie. I think yes. that's what they're telling us there, that he'll be in it. Listen, the same way, you know. Look, say what you will about you know the Wesley Snipes movies, and I mean, I think the first one's great. I enjoy all of them. You know, I think Trinity the second one's awesome too. Yeah, Trinity has its issues, but I I like the Hannibal King in it. You know, yes. I mean, I like the character wise. I like that he's in it. You oh, know? and Ian, are you watching what we do in the shadows? Because oh, Donald Logue, I love what we do in the shadows. Did you? But have you caught up with the, yeah, Don, of that those those Donald Logue cameos are hysterical. amazing, hysterical. hysterical, and he's referencing Blade left and right. Yeah. Um, continue. I'm sorry about that. So, so. Um, so yeah, I think that um, I, I think that they're basically telling us because Blade should be going to production imminently, right? Mm-hmm. So I think they're telling us that's where they're going to pick him up again. Look, Cersei's off planet, so yeah. clearly, I mean, yes, it's pop- let's say we're in a, in a universe where they're making Eternals two in a couple of years. You know, should we be? Is there any reason why that movie is looking at Dane Whitman on Earth 
when you know the Cersei's adventures and whatever she's going through aren't on no. Earth? No. no they're going to set out. him up, they're, and now he's going to go forward elsewhere. And you know, and maybe you know, ultimately there was a plan or an idea that she'll eventually come back. And maybe you know, listen. Here's the thing that I think we've said a few times now. I think you know. I think we're literally building to the Avengers reforming in these movies, and not for a while. We won't have an Avengers movie, not in this phase, because it, it's gonna it's gonna happen. I think we're gonna America, get. Is is Sam Wilson Captain America gonna be in this phase, or Phase Five? I think Sam Wilson Captain America is this phase. Because that um, is I mean, like, it, you need that announced. before you do another Avengers movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, yes, absolutely. And, and you know, they wouldn't have announced the movie that's going to be in the next phase. I think that's definitely yeah. this phase. Um, but I think that, you know, we know they're doing, you know, it's basically going to be Thunderbolts, which is, I think it's Thunderbolts is going to really be Dark Avengers. I've said this before. Yeah. I think we're going to get that and the Avengers reform an answer to it, you know? Not and an it's going to be King these characters. Or some of these other yeah. big I movies. also, as you know, I think, I don't think that it won't be young Avengers. They'll be, they'll call it champions sure. again, two similar concepts, but they'll go with the one because saying dark Avengers saying young Avengers. Well, no one would name their team that, you know, but yeah. it's going to be that concept. I mean, they're, they're, they're steadily setting that up. You know, yeah. all those characters are, are all getting introduced. You know, it's a phase or two away. Garrett saying that there was news about yeah. that werewolf by night movie. We shared that in text, you and I on Disney plus. So I think we're yeah. getting a, some super, more supernatural event going on in the multiverse story. I'm I guessing that that werewolf that. by night, Disney plus series, I'm guessing that I just want to think that that's something well, that's going to well, be that announcement next Halloween. Wasn't a series. That announcement was a one shot. Right. But is that something that would land around Halloween? It's yes. got Gabriel Garcia. Supposed to be next it. Halloween. And would that be a blade story? And uh, is blade going to be cool now that Sony's kind of, push themselves into the MCU. Is Blade going to be cool with Mobius just running around? Dr. Morbius just running around? I mean, look. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, you know, unless and until we have Disney absorb Sony and then, you know, they have the giant multiversal event, which is probably a couple of phases away that ends with, you know, a unified, you know, universe, um, which is in, a, in essence, Basically, the status quo at the beginning of Loki sort of being reestablished. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I don't think that's really something that matters. I mean, what's very confusing about Morbius is seeing um, Michael Keaton. Yes, because know, seeing the vulture. Yes, because he is MCU, but but in, Ve- but in Venom, it's a, Venom Two. It's established but, that Venom Two is but, not but MCU look, look. because he has to do, go through a, a shift in dimension to get to the MCU. But not necessarily. So what the hell's happened? But they reference Venom in Morbius. Because, like what? This because is multiverse. Here's the thing. So mm. we're a month and a half out from No Way Home, but No Way Home. We've already seen uh, Doc Ock. Now, yes. yes it's the Doc Ock from the, T- the Tom McGuire Sam Raimi movies, but he died. So yes. there's a universe out there in which he didn't pulled die. out of time. Yes, right. Not necessarily pulled out of time. It's a multiverse. Look, think of True. the Kangs. He didn't okay? die. Right. There's a universe in which basically that Doc Ock didn't die. Likewise, in the Morbius Venom Sony verse. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Okay, Sony Marvel Universe, in that, whatever number that is of the multiverse, there can be a Michael Keaton vulture that exists. He's just not continuing the story of the vulture that we saw in um, Homecoming. 
Although, follow me here, he actually can be continuing the story, (laughs) but that's a divergent. So everything that happened there sort of could happen for him, but probably not because they did feel the need to move Venom over. So, uh, you know, I mean, we know or we we think that a version of Peter Parker exists in that Venom verse, let's call Back it Back in that. New York, because we they referenced think, it in the first one, yeah. But they didn't, they only lightly referenced They said it. there's they a, that, that thing with the photographer back in New York. Right. Yeah, we know we but get they it. never said the name, yes. So what a maybe, silly little, okay. This all make believe anyway, but we love it. I think we're going to get some answers to that in No Way Home, but maybe not. You know, I, I, I think clearly, as we've already said in, in that podcast, Venom was moved over to the normal MCU Marvel Universe that Tom Holland's Spider-Man that we've been watching is part of. Okay. So he he moved over for that movie. He's going to show up. As to whether or not he'll get moved back again and what will happen with that is curious. We definitely know from the Morbius trailer that Morbius and Venom are part of the same universe. Normal. Okay. So Ian, let's wrap this up. You got a meeting to get to. I'd like to get to some work. Let's talk. Final thoughts this on is, Eternals? This is, this is how devoted you are to this podcast? Well, did you not say you had a heart out? Because I did. I, I did. It, it got canceled already. Oh, well, then let's add another 30 minutes to the clock. I'm sure all the right, Geeks gave us would love it. But Ian, like, honestly, final thoughts on, on Eternals? Like, did you say everything you wanted to say? What do you think? I mean, I, I'm, sure I got, I'm sure I got more, man. I mean, you know, when we talked about Icarus being ridiculous. Oh, we didn't, we didn't even get into Athena at all. Oh, we yeah. Didn't talk tell about, me. I mean, Mad Weary. So I was going there a bit with the whole um, Crystal and um, Dane Whitman Cersei triangle. So Mad Weary in the comics actually was a thing that Cersei had. And all it is is this idea that, you know, they, they don't generally get reset unless they do somehow get killed. And then they're, re- they're regenerated, right? And Mad Weary is this thing of, okay, well, they have very human minds, more or less. So you live a million years, you sometimes go a little fucking crazy. Okay, mm-hmm. so, so again, in the comments that happened to Cersei, um, the Unimind maybe fixes it. Uh, in the comics, they did this whole thing about this bond that Cersei does if she get, actually gets involved with someone, like a, you know, a human, all that. And she's hoping that's going to fix it. So, so anyway, notwithstanding that, they found the choices of it to be extremely convenient, you know? And then are we supposed to think that post the Unimind, was it cured? I'm not really clear on that. Were you clear on that? I don't fucking know. Um, you know? You know Some um, things were not clear in this movie. I, I still felt that, you know, I, other people did, don't agree with me on this. I thought that, you know, Angelina Jolie's scenes were great, you know, which is in them. I think she took material that wasn't well written for her and still made it work. You know, she has great presence on screen. I thought it was cool as shit. Yeah. You know, whereas again, I was disappointed in Gemma Chan. Um, and I thought that Richard Madden stuff was eh, fine. But I thought, I thought Kate Harrington was great. You know, Selma Hayek, you know, I was a bit disappointed mostly of this character, you know, millions of years old, knows everything, doesn't really know that much, and dies pretty freaking easily. <laughs> I thought as a rule, they all died pretty freaking easily. Yeah. You know, I really like Gilgamesh. I mean, again, I think that if they did a second one, everyone shows up again because they just get, you know, rebooted by okay. the Celestial Machine. You don't uh, see so Eternals. Don't you don't see Eternals popping up in a cosmic film with other cosmic characters. They, they absolutely can. And listen, yeah. I, I've always thought the cool thing about the Marvel Universe in the comics is, as I was saying, is they pop elsewhere. There's a point where Crystal 
um, from the uh, Inhumans was a member of the Fantastic Four and then becomes mm-hmm. an Avenger later, you know? Um, Wanda and Pietro, you know, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were in the Brother of Evil Mutants, but they were, you know, not really evil. They become Avengers. Then Quicksilver marries Crystal from the mm-hmm. Inhumans. So he's essentially Has a child. But that, that, yeah, and they have a kid. Then, you know, Crystal basically leaves him and is hooking up with uh, Black Knight who had been involved with Cersei. So, you know, there's that whole mess. I told you Gilgamesh and Cersei were both Avengers, you know? I mean, I felt like it was really interesting to me in the trailer, and then we see that scene more or less, you know, in the movie of the whole conversation about the Avengers. That's interesting because, yeah, because they do become Avengers in the comics, you know? But I don't feel like that happens here. But I do think the movie set up that it could because now they fought humanity if they're allowed to come back, you know, after they're judged. So, you know, I think it's interesting. I do agree with you. And there is actually some um, precedent in the comics for dealing with the Celestials is a thing. Yes. Okay. Very much so. So um, that's absolutely a place where they could, you know, with Thor, they can revisit some of that stuff. Um, And that would be cool and fun. Um, I don't think as, as ideas they're going away. And I think that the ideas could have been really interesting, both the morality of it and, and everything else. And as I said to you, the idea, oh, they're Roberts. No, they're, they're like Vision, whom if if one, if nothing else, Wanda Vision made very clear that we should think of Vision as having his humanity. Now, they set up Vision to be now in a place where he has to sort of rediscover it, right? Mm-hmm. But still, he has that capacity. And I think what we've seen is that that was the point of the movie is they found their humanity. You know, they're going to fight for earth and they want to do what's right. I also you know? think so, that this, that these characters as they progress in the MCU and they fit into whatever stories that we get from other movies, et cetera. I think they're going to get softly remassaged narratively. Yeah, to fit I, things. I, I think the that. things that happened in this movie are some of it's vague. I think some of that yeah. stuff's going to be redefined in the same way that the things like question- Iron Man three was redefined in some places. The big question is who should be incorporated? You know, for instance, I don't think there's any way they don't find a way to get Kingo somewhere because Kamal's great. Everyone feels Kamal was great. The character's great and fun. You know, I think we definitely see him again. And let's be honest, you know, I mean, they owe it to us because he wasn't in the third act. (laughs) That was, that was, which makes no fucking sense. No sense. No sense. He had something else to do. He had to go work out. Yeah. And I, I would like um, to see Gilgamesh back, even though he, he has a demise in this film. Uh, and and I, I think they easily bring him back. Uh, yeah. You know, I think they easily reboot him. And I agree with you. I'd like to see him again. Druig? Um, Druig and uh, Makari? Makar. Do, do you find a way for that to happen? I mean, obviously, they're going to have a little bit of an adventure with Pip the Troll, but... You know, if they do. I mean, maybe, you know. Nicarus flew depends. into the sun... Not that right. that's lethal. But again, but like, it can be rebooted. And yeah. bear in mind, a reboot means it's back to factory settings. Right. So there should, should be, be really zero tragic. memory of the 7,000 years on Earth. But on but in Sprite's case, that could be really tragic. And really, there could be some good drama there. No, human Sprite is, is on Earth. Be, yeah, but then there's going to be a new Sprite that is like, that's, I'm a synthesoid. Same thing again, yeah. Yeah. Right. Ian, I think I'm going to see you again for Spider-Man Homecoming. And shortly thereafter, I'm going to see you no for Way Hawkeye. Home. Yeah, or um, No Way Home, yeah. yeah. Spider-Man No Way Home and Hawkeye. Yeah. yeah. Um, some good shit coming down, brother. We got a few good things coming. And then I mean, I'm going to see you Unfortunately, Doctor that, Strange is going to be a while. But but we get Marvius. 
Oh boy. We get to sit in that theater together in early January. Yeah, I think we're going to have to do that together, right? Oh, we're going to do that together. And we're going to drag Justin with us. And whoever is out there, Geekscapists, who want to come along and watch us sit through a movie that's probably going to cause one of us to bleed throughout our nose as our brain pops. And let's try and keep it up. It's not going to be as bad as as, um, the spirit. So. Hold your, you know, don't, don't Should I have not said that? Yeah. And Garrett has a great point. I love this. Kingo needs to be on the screen in a Thor film. He needs to I mean, he, he, he name dropped yeah. him, right? That has to happen. Yeah. I agree. That'd be fun. Um, speaking of fun, Geekscapists, that's our show. I'm going to let Ian go. Um, and uh, I'll let y'all go. Again? No, no, you'll be back. You'll be back. You're just on, on temporary leave. But we got lots of cool stuff coming up on Geekscape. So you're going to hit the subscribe button. You're going to share the podcast or this video feed with your friends. Tell them to subscribe. But by, you know, hitting that little bell button on YouTube, you can get us on Spotify. And if you're listening to this audibly on Apple Podcasts, you can just share this file with your friends. Tell them to check out this podcast. We got 17 of these things on the podcast network. And uh, it's going to be fun. And there's a lot of Geekscape coming up, not just LA Comic Con, but right after that, we're going to have December 17th. We're doing a, a live stream, long all day live stream for charity. Again, our holiday live stream was awesome last year. I think all 17 shows are going to be represented in the live stream this year. And if you want to know anything more about that, or you want to be a part of Geekscape, email me, Jonathan at Geekscape.net. If you want to email Ian, don't email me, Jonathan at Geekscape.net. I'll give you an introduction. But you can follow him on Twitter, Ian L. Kerner. And uh, I think some of these Geekscapists have befriended you on Facebook. And you, I see you chatting with Jim Pagranelli and other people from the Geekscape universe. Ian, you're turning into a little local celebrity here. I don't know. I don't pay attention <laughs> to this Well, I know Garrett, who's in the chat, was super excited to hear from you. Uh, and I was too, dude. Um, this has been fun. Uh, you made me think differently about a movie. I still like it, but... Um, Not as much? I think a little bit of doubt, but we'll move it forward. I mean, this well, is I, a, listen, this, this, you know, this one, Marvel MCU thing is an organism. One of the things I, I want to say it. is I, I just, I felt that Kevin Feige didn't shepherd this. I've heard, I can't say this is definitely true, but it's been suggested to me that Kevin, you know, he has a lot more on his plate than he used to because, you know, he's doing the TV stuff. He's even overseeing comics. I mean, everything. And that he did give someone else some power to shepherd this. And I think that, I think that was a mistake. I wondered, I, I suggested to people, was it you know, the Oscar and felt they couldn't, you know, get into with her, but I was told, no, the movie was a long into production before she won that Oscar, you know, so it wasn't that, but you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, personally, I made some jokes about, you know, English, nothing the first language or some of that, a writing credit. I'm just saying, you know, I was That's pretty not a joke disappointed. Make, you know, I, 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 well, I'm just making jokes, but, Okay. I'm just saying that, you know, there where this movie goes bad, it shouldn't have. That's my frustration. No, it always simplify these better. things. Always yeah. simplify these things. Always break it down to the core needs now, of the story and then put it back together. And yeah. just... now, 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 let me say this. As, even though I like them, Thor 1 and 2 don't touch the masterpiece that is Ragnarok, you know? Correct. So there's an argument to be made that, you know, as a franchise, this course can be corrected. And I and I said it already. I believe it will be. I believe there's going to be course corrections with these characters if they're. But but will they will they be in this franchise or will they just yeah. pop out elsewhere? That I don't know. I think they're going to be I, the cosmic appearances cameos squad. Yeah, I mean we're going to have to see what what the drop off is, which I think will be 
big. Um, well, and it's the a two and a half hour movie, so they didn't do themselves many favors on that. You're, you know, that, that's a really good point. And, you know, and I've seen that set a few places, but, you know, the number it made, even it was below projections, but I mean, you know, they were getting two viewings as opposed to three or four, you know, in, in the critical um, time frames they were looking at. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because you just, you couldn't. Well, buddy, that's the Geekscape Eternal Special. Thank you for joining right. me, dude. Sure. And uh, in your defense, English is not my first language either. I, I don't wow. even think English is my second or third language. I can't even speak it properly. I, but I, can, I didn't want to say it. I can say it enough to say, like, love having you here. Geekscape is you to subscribe and share it. And then uh, we'll be back next week with a brand new Geekscape. All right, buddy. All right. Say hello to everybody. Hello, and everybody. Peace, brother. <laughs> You're listening to the Geekscape Network.